uh, the smartest people in the world. You guys are for tuning into my show One Girls Time Podcast. You're listening to Stacey and Diti and I live in Austin Sudan because we talk about relationship, lifestyle, reviews, music, mental health, fashion. And you know what you're thinking about? That too. Today, as promised, I have a guest. Clue? He is a songwriter, a singer, a producer. He featured in Big Brother. I think that's enough. I'm going to let him introduce himself. My name is Jerome Arab and I'm a singer, songwriter, um, creator from Zimbabwe, born and raised in Zimbabwe, um, but most popularly, like I'm mainly known for Big Brother Africa. Um, being a contestant on in the house um, and I went by the name JJ so yeah that's that's me in short why do you call yourself Arab Arab that's my last name that's your last name yes okay so I'm going to ask you these questions in a weird form in a weird way (laughs) so if you could like collaborate with any musician who will it be in your music well i don't really look at collaborations i think the same way people um that are trying to make this thing work as a um, popular artist do i look at collaborations as energy um uh-huh. do we share the same energy and one person that i know i share the same energy with is a guy called rick Hassani, who's become a friend over the years and he's definitely somebody on the continent that i would love to work with at some point is he from your country? No, no, no. He's from Nigeria. Is he from your country? Um, Rick Hassani is Nigerian. I'm Zimbabwean. Oh, okay. So, do you like watch movies? And if you do, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie of all time um, would probably be American Gangster. Um, it's, yeah, what? pretty yeah that's like the one movie i i could watch again and again and again. yeah why do you like relate to it or anything to a large extent yeah i do relate to frank lucas um as a young well as a as the overlooked somebody in the equation who then turns out to end up like running the biggest something that ever happened so I see it from that from that angle where he was overlooked, but really and truly he had what it takes to take what they were doing to the next level. Oh, okay. So once you you lived in Manchester, can you tell us about your experience in there? So yeah, I lived in Manchester for about five years, um, and three and a half of those five years, I was actually homeless. Um, it was quite an interesting experience in the sense that you realize how much we rely on people to keep ourselves going, you know, but at the same time, it's it's just life. You realize how hard life can be for some people out there. Like, how did you end up being homeless in Manchester? Um, a lot of people left Zimbabwe in 2008 looking for better lives. My mom basically managed to get us to the UK. Um, and we were in London with a few of my aunts and uncles um, but then they're like well we're going to have to move to Manchester to the one aunt who had offered us accommodation 
but her landlord uh-huh. then basically said there were too many of us in the house so i ended up having to leave um and then my paperwork didn't pull through in the end so all my tax numbers and stuff got cancelled and i couldn't get work oh. so i lost the apartment that i was staying in because i couldn't afford it and ended up sleeping on people's couches mm-hmm. and doing odd jobs here and there to basically stay alive so how did you overcome that pretty much just i would pray i, I won't lie there, there were nights i went to to sleep crying you know if i was honest about it like there were days where i just i was broken but somehow god uh-huh. has showed me um a light always told me where to go you know um uh, uh-huh. sleeping in the dance studio and somehow god had told me like just go knock on that door and uh-huh. that you you need work you know and that's exactly what i done and i ended up sleeping on their studio floor for a few years um and went back and forth and then i was doing bar work and i ended up meeting these two really nice guys um RJ and Chad and they opened up their home and i used to sleep on their couch for a few months as well you know and my late friend Jason um who's Ethiopian basically half Ethiopian half English he opened up his door and i i spent a few nights there there's my other friend Calvin Kaliati who spoke to his brother Wilson and they let me stay there for a few months so i just i was lucky that people showed the best sides of themselves at that point in my life but also i realized when you're low and you're not shameful you're not ashamed to ask you know you're not ashamed to share your story and when you share your story people tend to open up their doors because they if they feel that they can help they will you know because they can see the genuine spirit of an individual whereas in if you when you are kind of when you've made it or you're established you come across as uh-huh. rough, fake and i think that that reads through in a lot of people's characters Oh okay so I like you started music while you're so young how did you produce any music in Manchester Yeah that was the first time I ever recorded music Manchester I first ever recording was in 2008 at a college called Abraham Moss um in Cheetham Hill in Manchester I basically met this guy called Adil Sincere um he's an MC and he kind of just was like oh, I've got some beats come listen to them and I remember it was an Adam No beat that he sent me and I started to write to it and then I went to go and record it cost 5 pound an hour I I managed to save 15 pounds um wow just to, just to go and record um doing the odd job here and there and pretty much that was the first time I ever recorded the tracks called number 1 it's it's bad but hey we all start somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah is it your first single Yeah that's the first single I ever recorded number 1 by Jerome JJ I didn't even have I didn't go by the name Jerome Arab I went by Jerome JJ <laughs> Oh so after big like after big brother yeah you went silent for some time why I went quiet you went silent yeah you went silent for some time because other contestants from big brother had a big number following and they were out there doing stuff but you went silent yeah i went silent because i realized how quickly um that life can consume you it's it's pretty fake um and this is no shots at any other big brother contestants we all do what we need to do uh-huh. but yeah yeah is like for myself i didn't feel like i had reached a point where i could 
actually genuinely not just capitalize on it but actually make a good impact a genuine impact with the followings that I may have created via Big Brother I didn't know how to change those Big Brother fans into Jerome Arab fans I was in a headspace where I had bills to pay you know I didn't know what was coming for the future I didn't know what to do next I was jumping on bus on buses just to try and um get recording because that's that's what I know is music and TV and I was looking for opportunities uh-huh. in Zimbabwe and no no doors opened up for me personally um whether that's racial or whether that's just because people thought maybe I I I knew it, I don't know but no doors opened up for me at home so I went across to Zambia and started the work yeah. with the Zambian market and you know a few opportunities came but it still took me a good 3 years to establish myself and get papers and sort my life out and then after that it's like all the other big brother contestants are doing what they're doing and people are looking at you like oh what happened to you but the truth yeah is, yeah sure yeah i just took time away because i i actually went through a depressive state where i was trying my best to to keep on doing what i was doing you know approaching people with um proposals and trying to work with teams and nobody wanted to work like no one opened their doors no one opened their studios you know people would use me for the name and then after a while they just like ditch you once they've they've got what they needed from yeah you. yeah once they've they've been of advantage yeah so pretty much that was my life for the first 2 3 years after big brother and i ended up sleeping on a studio in zambia um studio couch in zambia called so good um this is in lusaka olympia i was sleeping on uh-huh. the couch just trying to record um and i would record when everybody else was done all the other artists the big artists and stuff um frank z who's from indola he he has a producer he he still produces for me now to this day he would be like uh-huh. hey, jay let's work now and we'd work from like 2 o'clock in the morning until like 8 o'clock in the morning because that was the only time we got to work and then he'd sleep for a bit wake up and then get on with some more work for other artists but i remember i recorded pretty much i would say about a good 12 to 15 tracks in like 2 weeks uh-huh. because of frank you know and i i owe him i owe him yeah. that cuz he kept my career going now, you know after big brother people like have this expectation like you're going to be something big because of the exposure you got over there yeah and uh, it yeah and it's very very unlikely like you didn't get any exposure like you didn't get so much advantage from being from the show no no um truthfully speaking no you get exposure when you're on the show because the platform is one of the most watched platforms but how you convert that that's down to your team how do you take that comp- like how do you take that exposure and convert it into a following is down to your team and some people have great teams idris um sultan from tanzania he's got a great team yeah, yeah. kuda has got a great team delish has a great team you know it's like all of these other housemates have teams of people that kind of have guided them and mentored them and help them get to this this place it's not something that happens by mistake it's planned um, mm-hmm. and for people like myself i was just not in that space you know i might be the creative that can do so much but you need a team you know and and you learn that um over the years that you need a team of people to help you achieve your goals oh yeah sure so tell me about your family a little bit about your family Uh, which part my immediate family now or my mom my dad? yeah yeah your immediate your immediate family like your kids my kids okay i've got um two kids two sons um 
Firstborn is um, Keone Arab. He's three years old. And my secondborn is Kayan uh, Mwalu Arab. And he's two months now. And their mother, Namvula um, Mona Muntemba Reni, is actually half Zambian, half British, um, half Scottish. Sorry, half, half Scottish. <laughs> She'll kill me if she hears me say that. She's half British, <laughs> half Zambian. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, she's a singer-songwriter from, um, she, as I say, Zambia. She's done really well. She's on her third album. Um, that's their mom, and that's our lives. We just we bounce in between two continents, you know, Africa and um, Europe, basically trying to make our careers work. Like, how do you meet? How did you meet your wife? In Zambia. We're shooting a video with a mutual friend. Well, I was shooting a video with a mutual friend. Um, his name's James Sakala. We just released a track. Uh-huh. And James and I, uh-huh. yeah, James was like, oh, this is Namvula. She's from the UK, you know, and he tried to introduce me. Okay. I was from kind of from Manchester. And he was like, oh, maybe uh-huh. I'd, you know, kick off, like set it off and start to talk and stuff. And I just wasn't interested at the time because I was going through so much. But funny enough, uh-huh. um, the world and the way destiny works it brought us together again and again and again and we just met up a few times and before i knew it we were going on dates and then we were having babies (laughs) (laughs) and do you feel like the music industry is being unfair to some people like do you feel like there's a favorism in the music industry in africa definitely Africa has favorites. In fact, all over the world, if you ask me, there's favorites. There's the what they call the token children of the of the industry. You know, like if you look at South Africa, at one point they were pushing Nasty C, like oh, Nasty C, Nasty C, Nasty C. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah, yeah. If you look at Kenya, it's like Salty Soul, Salty Soul, Salty Soul. Um, if you look at yeah. TZ, it's like Diamond Alikiba, Diamond Alikiba, Diamond Alikiba. You know, if you look at Nigeria, it's like, oh, Davido, Whiskey, Burner Boy. It's like the same names, Tiwa Savage. It's the same names, you know, Yemi Aladin. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They keep pushing the same names. And that's what the industry does. Occasionally, you'll get a newcomer, but then they just replace the person that is being pushed, you know, right now. So it's like, okay, fine. After Nasty C, who they're going to push? They're probably going to push this chick called Tyler next. And that's just the way the industry works. So when you're underground or when you're trying to make it into the mainstream, that's why I say you need a team because your team has to be able to navigate your career into a position where you look like you're up next and then the industry hopefully will place the token child banner on your name and you'll represent Africa to the world. Oh yeah, sure. So is there any one of your particular song that you enjoy playing live? you enjoyed playing it to an audience it's, it's it's so funny because my set in general is so much energy if you ask any of my band members it's like uh-huh. we enjoy playing the whole set like when we talk about going live like we could literally perform for three hours and we'll give you like i'll sing until the voice <laughs> stops that's the type of performer i am i love to just perform so when you say a particular song uh, i can't really i can't pick one i uh, yeah, I know that the band has their favorites, but for myself, I just love the set. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like, did you ever go to perform live and there's a particular audience which which just made you feel like you're so energized, so loved? Funny enough, that's why I want to keep on performing. I haven't performed in so many years because of like COVID um, and uh, all of these situations. But 
Botswana gave me some amazing feedback. Like the love I got in Botswana was something else. Even the love that I I got in Zambia, you know, opening Lusaka Festival was something else. So it's it's odd because there's always been points in my life where I thought, yeah, this is it. And it's not the biggest stages in Botswana. I think we had um, the venue could only fit about 50 people. There must have been about 80 people there that came out to see us, and they were just amazing an amazing audience you know and that's what i mean is it wasn't even a big audience i've done gigs where there's 2500 plus and energy is cool but sometimes a small group of people can just really gas you and that's 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 i guess what we live for as performers is just those moments my favorite song of which she sang like i've got two maybe <laughs> it's rachel it's right you and prominent like the prominent i feel like prominent it's so deep like the the lyrics yeah they're so deep and they, like they're talking about things that happen in life happening like what really inspired the lyrics so prominent um as a piece was actually put down by a friend of mine um who experienced my life if you see it's got um featuring courtney hills he's a poet Yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah. it's the last. He's a, he's actually an author, probably one of the biggest authors right now in the UK. He's a really good friend of mine, and he was there when I was homeless. So we started to talk, and I was like, "This is what the album represents. This is what I'd like it to 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 to, to you know mean to the public." And he put that piece together, you know, and yeah, that piece means a lot to me as well. So it's like a personal experience. Yeah, he's he's pretty much he 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 put down the piece based off my experience and what I was going through in Manchester at the time. Okay, so outside music because we're talking about music a lot. Outside music, what else do you do? TV and film? I'm I produce a lot of TV. Um well I have produced a lot of TV, but I'm also into um film um and I also script write, I direct um pretty much yeah, all around creative. I'm trying to get back into theater as well at some point, but for now just focused on the music to try and cross that over into the mainstream. So but other things is definitely as i say tv and film so is it there any script of any movie you've written that we like we will know about there's stuff coming that's the easiest way oh. for me to put it because there's stuff that i've put out for continental tv or been a part of which is small scale but it's still like like zambia based a lot of the content um a few shows uh-huh. yeah and then zim a few but nothing major in terms of what i'm doing next um i'm working on something which will hopefully end up on one of those international platforms i, I can't say too much because right now that's what we're working on but okay. yeah but put it this way if you check out um kazadi films on instagram yeah we're currently working okay. on a project called the secret life of a slay queen um and that should be going uh-huh. anytime this year Okay, sure. So as a musician, people like expect you've traveled a lot. Yeah. Is there any country, is there any country that you really love to to go to? The one country that I enjoyed um and I can say I'd never ever experienced anything like it was Ghana. 
Okay, why? Ghana was just a, a like you hear people say, but Ghana was a vibe. You know, um, the musicians, the energy. It's just like there was. But I, I went there during um, there was a conference, an international music conference, and I got to meet a few of the artists. You know, Sakodi, a few of the others, and I was like, oh, okay, uh-huh. this is uh-huh. like there's a vibe here it's not big it's not overpopulated in terms of musicians and artists it's just a a small group of people that love the arts and they're just putting out stuff there's and i'm sure kenya is also similar in terms of nairobi you know i still haven't experienced kenya and i plan on doing that sometime this year but sure like like you should like nairobi is just a city it has everything you need like kenya cannot disappoint you (laughs) when it comes to like Kenyan loves entertainment Kenyans love where there's a party where is the celebration <laughs> yeah you should have one perform one time definitely I mean it's always been in the pipeline in terms of um, one of the places that I'd love to visit and I'd love to perform in I mean a lot of my friends funny enough are Kenyan a lot of my good friends you know Alusa Melvin Alusa um, he's a really good friend of uh-huh. mine really amazing actor and director um you know and it's just like even when we when we were talking he was like oh man you need to come to Kenya you need to come to Kenya it's just the way yeah you should <laughs> like really you should. the way the thing the way the world is right now is it's kind of tough but we definitely my partner would love us to move to Kenya she's mentioned it on several occasions over the past five years like oh you know we should look into Kenya yeah like like one thing like one thing with Kenyans they love new vibe they love new people they they, they love visitors because if they see they it's a new person it's a new vibe you know they were like what's happening like they're like cats very curious about things so if you're a new vibe and i think you're a very good vibe and when you come to kenya you'll be very welcome oh, man so now that's definitely next on the checklist i'll see you in Nairobi soon <laughs> Yeah, Nairobi especially. Nairobi and Mombasa, those are the bombing cities. But especially Nairobi. Nairobi is just all vast. Every kind of vast. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, so that's that's definitely... I mean, I've been to Dar es Salaam. I thought that was cool. Like, Africa is a vibe in general. I think people... Yeah, African in general. Yeah, people underestimate. Like, people think that, oh, this, like, really, like, gloomy, but a lot of the cities in africa all have this 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 energy in them you know including zambia like zambia's got this energy around it and if you find the right group of people anywhere in the world it's a vibe yeah sure so do you listen to kenyan music i listen to bits of it like i i, I can't lie to you like especially the hip hop scene I've, i've tried to tap into that you know with calligraph jones um you know Yeah, uh-huh. also as I said Salty Soul. It's all the stuff that they put forward that we we listen to. If there's any artist that you'd like to recommend, I mean there's people like Blinky Bill as well. So if there's artists that you'd like us to uh-huh. to listen to, please do do send me a list and I'll definitely check them out. <laughs> you should listen to Kahush, Nyashinsky, Nyashinsky is on Nyashinsky. Is really is really a vibe. So, is there any Kenyan artist you like have dreamed like doing a collaboration with according to your vibe because you play a lot of African music? It's, it's, with a as I say, it's a hard it's a hard thing. 
people don't realize this i'm probably the one artist who really doesn't care about collaborating with anyone like i don't need any collaborations at the point that i'm in in my career as i say it's all about the energy uh-huh. when i meet artists if there's a vibe i w- then we'll collaborate and that's I, i don't know it's like if there's artists when you talk to me about collaborating with that's why i mentioned rickasani's because i've 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 shared conversation with him you know and we've really enjoyed each other's energy and it's been something where i've been like oh i'd like to actually work with that person um in terms of kenya i haven't had the opportunity to connect with any artists so i can't say oh yeah i would like to think based off the vibes alone mm, it's a tough one i mean vibes alone people like stevie wonder um if we're saying the continent you know the late fella you know fella kuti those are the type of people you know the, the late oliver mutukudzi yeah those are the people I, i i feel like collaborating with but with the young guns that are there now it's all about energy you know it's if if we end up crossing paths and i sh- and i shake your hand and we have a conversation and it feels right then hopefully we get to make some music you okay. know so even that's why i like to travel because if i meet you and we talk and there's a vibe then we're more likely going to collaborate oh okay so can you like tell us one embarrassing moment in your life that happened in public one embarrassing moment one ish sort of thing in public and like the reaction was just, i mean i'm a public else. figure so and i've been on, on tv uh-huh. and on stage for a very long time I'm sure there's more than one uh-huh. there, like honestly speaking <laughs> if we looked at Big Brother I'm sure people can pick out a good 20 something plus things that have taken place <laughs> in Big Brother in Big Brother like you are I like I watched a little bit so you are always singing and you like you weren't you weren't that off you weren't like that that all about or around So most of the time you're singing. I, I try my best to keep to myself where I can and when I can't um I mean in Big Brother there was a fight actually that happened. Um that's probably the the huh? only thing they show after like besides be singing it's like oh he got into a fight with the Nigerian guy. You know that's that's Why? Just, it was just energies man. Our energies weren't weren't same wavelength <laughs> and I was a, he's a, he's a nice guy but it was just like it was just too much for me at some at some point you know everyone else in the house was quiet and i'm not the type of person where when something gets to me i don't just keep quiet i actually speak about it you know yeah. i try yeah. my best to confront it and nip it in the bud before it gets too big and pretty much yeah that that's so if you say embarrassing i don't know it's like maybe that <laughs> you know us fighting like that's not that's not it's a little bit out of my my character now but yeah Okay. So when you say about vibes, um do you think there's not thinking? There's actually one annoying thing about you which one person might be close to you and won't like it. Totally. I'm sure with oh oh uh-huh. my partner my my wife's there like in the background going you bite your nails. <laughs> <laughs> I bite my nails too but when I'm nervous or when I'm anxious about something but not yeah, all the time. That's pretty much my life. I'm always nervous and anxious about everything. So and so you you already bite your nails. <laughs> 
I can't say I, okay, I can't say that's annoying about you because I do the same thing mostly. So. <laughs> I would be like, yeah, yeah, I I finally found my person, so let's bite all them out. Yeah, she was there in the background going, "Keep bite your nails, keep bite your nails." I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much do the same so I won't like see that as annoying I will like be oh I'm so comfortable with your let's bet them you just spend the day biting nails the whole day uh, yeah we could like I could call you up and say hey are you busy are you free let's do some biting catch up with the biting stuff <laughs> pretty much yeah so pretty much I guess yeah that's probably the one thing that people would find like she finds annoying i think people also in general when we have conversations most people find me annoying based off what they think they know about me and then we have conversations and then it's kind of uh-huh. like chilled but yeah i wouldn't know i wouldn't know what annoys people about me you know <laughs> <laughs> okay so like house chores what's your favorite house chores if you do any house chores it? Yeah, if, if I do, do any, any, I do all the house chores. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, Why? Pretty much. Sometimes I'm sweeping. Sometimes I'm washing dishes. Sometimes I'm washing the laundry. Most of the time I'm cooking. So if you ask me which one I like the most, it's probably cooking. <laughs> yeah, cooking. Okay, because you know, like people say, it's a fair world. Men should do some house chores to help their wives and stuff. So yeah, what a man can do, a woman can yeah. do. So, so I, fair well. I, should I, helping, <laughs> should be helping in house chores. I understand it's an equal world we're living in, but that's. So you do them like, like the lip, like you do them because you want to, or you do them because, hey, if you don't do them, they'll I, be I think, trouble. I think people, uh, like if you're still in the phase where you think that, um chores need to be done because of keeping peace then you're definitely not in the right mindset the truth is we do chores because they need to be done i mean we've got two kids you know one's young she like my my wife has to look after the one child and a lot and then it's like so what am i meant to watch the dishes pile up am i meant to sit at the table and expect food and then ask ah why is the food not ready like nah things need to be yeah. done like we're looking after the household as a as a team like i i'm really i'm really hoping kenyan men will hear this because kenyan men are very uh, different yeah <laughs> i don't know african men in general yeah yeah because they you know it's like like people have this this like this perspective of like men should be doing this and women should be doing a lot of housework because men are just men and women are just yeah. women it's yeah. it's also so. hard in africa because in england there's no um helpers you know there's no there's no one to to pay and, and coming that's very expensive you have to be making some serious money to be living that way in england you know in africa it's a lot cheaper to have people that help with the chores in the house but if you ask me like in africa the narrative is that way not just because of men putting it on men or putting it on people but it's also uh-huh. it's just our parents you know it's our parents parents that's, that's what they were brought yeah. up speaking about and that's become the norm you know so it's up to 
us young people to change the narrative we can't always look at it as as oh oh yeah no you know we expect men to all of a sudden pick up the broom no we have to start to teach boys to pick up the broom and say hey yeah, like yeah. you have to help out like yeah. that's the way the world works right now yeah so recently was like recently we celebrated women's day so how did you celebrate that uh, we, we ain't celebrating nothing we've got a two month year old and we pretty what? much are trying to <laughs> keep the ball rolling like you didn't do anything special to her like you didn't i'm, I'm, I'm cooking seven days a week sometimes i don't know i do owe her but right <laughs> now like we both pretty much tired by the time it gets to like eight o'clock and then we up until 11 looking after the one and then we're up uh-huh. at six six thirty sometimes seven o'clock getting ready for school it's not uh-huh. it's not like we could be like oh okay it's father's day what are we doing today oh it's mother's day it doesn't like you should just go out or buy something or plan a surprise thing or, or buy nice maybe after Anything. lockdown because the uk is still in lockdown so we'll see <laughs> she didn't like feel bad about it you know you know women with you know um like most kenyan women with holidays they are like expecting something mostly like any holiday she she might feel bad about it but i don't think she'll she'll say <laughs> right now she she'll wait and then, she and then like, like yeah with women with women we want men to be angels you should know what's bothering me without <laughs> me telling you it's bothering me yeah i know <laughs> we've had that conversation as well about me being like what's it, what's it called it uh, a psychic a name <laughs> psychic i meant to know everything that's going on in your head i can't no it's, it's impossible yeah. um, <laughs> i'm also got so much going on in my own head it's not easy to think about everyone else <laughs> okay so back to music like Is there any advice you'd give us struggling artists like a person who wants to do music in, in Africa pretty much um know why you want to do anything never mind music just in general whatever it is that you're going into know why you want to do it because what happens is a lot of people end up doing this music thing for the fame and then they might get famous but then there's no money uh-huh. that comes with it and then they wonder how come life is hard well because you you are doing it for the wrong yeah. reasons you know so it's always just like make sure that you know that you're doing something you're passionate about something you love and the money will follow and even if the money doesn't follow as long as you're happy that's what counts you know any musicians out there that are trying to get into the <laughs> industry it's just like know what your message is know what you know what it is you're trying to say and communicate and then go for it Oh okay so lastly like I think Kenyan 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 people like the Kenyan audience do doesn't know you quite well so would you like leave us your social media handle so that we can yeah, get Yeah my to social you? media handles Instagram is at the great arab um Facebook you can get me at the african arab Twitter at the african arab um those are like the three main platforms and if anything if you just type in Jerome Arab you can find my music on all the major um, platforms if there's any platforms in Kenya that I need to get on um my sister please Stacy just let me know and then 
I will try my best to see if I can yeah. distribute my music to those platforms. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, they shouldn't even like forget about Spotify because yeah, you're yeah. on Spotify, and that's like pretty much the easier way to find you yeah. and to find your yeah. music. Just Jerome Arab. If you type in J E R O M E space A R A B, you'll find me. Doesn't matter. Like if you Google, I'm. I think I'm the only Jerome Arab that really pops up. Yeah, you're you're pretty <laughs> much the only one. <laughs> So, like, any you like any last interesting thing about you? You wanna tell us? Like any secret? Like nobody? Like not most of the people know most about of the you? People know about me? It's so hard. Like, like, like a secret? Like not most people know about you? Like you're just sharing with, with my your audience. audience? If I were to share a secret, I'm trying, I'm trying. Yeah, it's really hard to think because yeah. my life has been very public, so it's kind of hard. Like. You know, there's not much like you can Google, as I say, and find out my whole life story. But it's yeah, and but and and how do you feel about it? Like, just people can Google your whole life and find about everything and think they know. I don't know. It's like until you engage somebody, I think don't don't trust what you read. You know, if you if you only come across, it's kind of like that person that looks at one post on your Instagram and then decides to judge you as if they know your whole life. You know, it's kind yeah, of like yeah. take time to judge, like to know somebody before you judge them. You know, um, and yeah, my wife again was in the background saying, "Ah, oh, a secret you can tell them that you're scared of snakes." Yeah, pretty much. Like that's, that's <laughs> I hate snakes. Like. <laughs> you do you hate them? Yeah, you're like scared I'm, of them I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. crawling kind of things. Rats, snakes. Like I wouldn't say I'm afraid of a rat, but I definitely am afraid of snakes. <laughs> Do you have an instance about it? Like when you met a snake and and you and it just scared pretty you much off. when I was a kid. <laughs> that was the first experience I had. We were playing in the pig's down on the floor. I had I had an experience with snakes too. Like when I was in a yeah. country. Like it was at night and and it was on the grass and it just came you know at that time I was like I yeah. was with my mom and I was like angry because you know it's up country there's no network and there's no stuff so I was like I went outside to check a call so I'm, I'm there angry with my mom and stuff so I was taking the call and she has something oh, on my leg I <laughs> like, literally I just panicked and stood there for a while because to me when I'm scared. I just panic so I just panicked and stood there no thinking and it was on my like the shoes I wore it was there on my street. so so I like I just went barefoot in the house luckily my brother was in the house so I told him this like there was a snake outside and we locked ourselves inside and we threw him outside and he killed the snake like he had no oh other option yeah, I'll kill a snake, but yeah. pretty much it will be quite wild and violent, <laughs> aggressive. I don't, I don't, I don't look glamorous doing <laughs> yeah. that. But yeah. <laughs> so that's the only thing. Pretty much. I mean, as I said, everything else is out there. <laughs> okay, it was nice having you. Like. 
I enjoyed talking to you and I won't mind another Any time. Interview. Honestly speaking, if you just tell me when and we can talk about mental health, um we can talk about all sorts of things like yeah. um depression, you know, I've I've pretty much experienced quite a lot of that, so it would be good to share. Yeah, yeah, I would love to because I talk about mental health. Right. I'd love to. Thank you, Stacy. I Okay, bye. Okay, can you yep. hang up in your end? Okay, thank you. That's all the time we have for today. Until next episode, follow me on Facebook and IG at One Girl Stand Podcast. Keep safe, maintain social distance. Corona is still on the rise. Bye.